You're listening to Knowing Faith, a podcast of Training the Church. This is Kyle Worley, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jen Wilkin and JT English. What's up, y'all? I'll tell you what's up. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah, turkey soup yeah. is what's up, guys. That uh, tur- Wait, turkey soup? Yeah. But like, what's in it? Other than turkey. <laughs> well, turkey. first you boil that carcass until it looks... Oh. Oh. I can't even... <laughs> just in the no. pot? Just by itself? You know what? Why do people react so negatively to the word carcass? That is a that is a culinary no, boil term. carcass. <laughs> Isn't that... Can't you, you, you can't cook a goat in its mother's milk, right? Yeah, like, you, you can cook a turkey in its own broth for a long time. Oh, my God. And I did, guys. Uh, I did. And it was delicious. Okay, so you ate the turkey first. You guys right? cooked You cooked the turkey, you ate it. Mm-hmm. Then with its carcass, mm-hmm. you boiled it you and boil, made a I stock. boiled it for about eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a fire hazard? No. No, I'm, a, okay. I'm safety first. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, you guys know that we don't eat turkey because I gave me and my family salmonella poisoning years ago <laughs> with a turkey that I improperly cleaned. <laughs> right. <laughs> Evidently, these 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 birds are so filthy. You should wear gloves when you're cleaning them, which I did not know. And I cross contaminated the sweet potato casserole, forever ruining turkey for me and my household. I, I ended up in an ER with all the other people that are in the ER. On a, I on forgot a about this night. story, Kyle. This is amazing. I was so <laughs> nauseated and in so much pain, they had to give me morphine. Uh, <laughs> Well, it was nothing the worst like a little dollop ever. of morphine on your pumpkin pie to make yeah. the holiday bright. Yeah. I will tell you, though, I had never had anything stronger than Tylenol. When they gave me the morphine, when they put it in, mm-hmm. they just shot it right into me. It was. It felt like somebody, the sensation was somebody pushing me off a mountain. So I just, <laughs> I grabbed the nurse and I screamed. I went, ah! Like that, like a crazy person, and the nurse just like just about lost her mind on me. Anyways, that's my. So I did not make a turkey soup this Thanksgiving because I did not make a turkey. What do you guys no eat now? What's your household. what's your what do you go to? We did ribs and a tomahawk steak. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm talking about. Wait, well done. Wait, Kyle. JT, well did done. you guys have turkey? No, we had guacamole. Yes. <laughs> my gosh just like the first just like the first people <laughs> that's right <laughs> and some pico and some guacamole and some steak oh, shrimp gosh. and chicken fajitas it was amazing oh, wow i love that. i love i love making turkeys i don't like eating turkeys like i i've got a whole rant here we don't have to do it now people don't yeah, save actually it for, like turkey. save it for easter when it's more appropriate yeah do you act? But like, do you eat turkey other than in turkey sandwiches any other day of the year? I mean, I I will, yeah. But do you like? Will you say, you know what I should do today? I'm gonna make a turkey. Well, they're they're hard to find. And of course, you don't because it's not good. <laughs> Nobody wants to do it. Make well, a steak. I'm not sure. Well how, done, Kyle. <laughs> but Calvin scored a free turkey, and so I'm gonna have an extra one lying around. So I will definitely be having turkey at an odd time. Wait and, a second, I. <laughs> I know your your son. He he came home. I know your son, and I know this one in particular. And the idea that Calvin scored a free turkey just I got to tell you does not check out for me. You're like, what did he do? Did he steal this turkey off the back of a truck? That's the thing: is the story is not clear on the the turkey's origins. Okay, 
All I know is I got extra turkey floating around out there, and I feel responsible. Calvin's to probably listening to this, it. so Calvin, well done. Mm-hmm. Make your mommy yeah. that, <laughs> that turkey. Yeah, just a shout out to Calvin and his free turkey <laughs> quotes. We're just calling uh, it the furkey. Yeah, okay. we're gonna have furkey dinner. Uh, listen, you're. I want you to. I want you to circle back here when you find out the origin story, okay. the source of this free turkey. Because I'm prom- speaking I, of God I, I being merciful and gracious. There's gonna be. A, there's gonna be a story here. Well, today uh, we are not in a. Uh, Host Thanksgiving dinner coma. We are talking about the mercy and grace of God. So we're going to be looking at the truth. God is merciful and gracious. And subsequently, we're called to practice mercy and grace. So let's just, again, I know that this could start feeling redundant, but as we've said before, uh, mother is the repetition of learning. Uh, And so I just want us to... Yeah. <laughs> repetition is the mother of repetition learning. is the mother of learning and mother is um, the repetition of learning. Yeah. yeah mother is the repetition of learning. Mm-hmm. Repetition is the mother of learning. Um, uh, JT, who is this God that we're talking about? When we talk about attributes of God, who, who is it? Yeah. We've given this definition several times. So, but bear with us because we think it matters. God eternally exists as one essence or one God. There's just one God in the world. That's what the Bible makes really clear in a world that's giving its affections and love to lots of different things. The Bible says there is one God. He's the creator, redeemer, and sustainer of all things. So God eternally exists as one God, but in three distinct persons, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit, each of whom are fully God. And so when we talk about these attributes, whether they're communicable or incommunicable, we're saying that God, the father, God, the son, and God, the spirit, this one God, each share in commonality, these distinct and shared attributes as incommunicable and communicable. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. So with these attributes, what's the difference between an incommunicable and a communicable attribute, Jen? An incommunicable attribute is something that can only be true about God, and a communicable attribute is something that is true about God and can become true of us. They're the attributes that we were designed to reflect um, when we were created in God's image. That's right. And this season, we started off talking through that first question, who is God? And then we moved into what is God like, thinking through both incommunicable uh, and then communicable attributes. And as we get now into the back half of this season, we've really been spending our time in the communicable attributes of God today, focusing in on mercy and grace. So let's begin here. Uh, What are mercy and grace and are they different? What are mercy and grace, and are they different? You hear those words. It's almost like people, when they think about mercy, they think about grace. They might immediately be like, okay, we're talking about something um, that's extended towards those in need. So that's a commonality. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about something that is good to receive. So that's a commonality. We're, we're talking about something that we know that God is. God is merciful. God is gracious. So that's a commonality. Okay, so those are some share, that's some shared terrain, are they different in their usage or in how the Bible uses them? Yeah, I think they kind of get in our heads. We're kind of like, oh, they're like when God is being kind, you know, and we kind of just generally think of them that way. And hmm. I think even the way that we use them in conversation about like as a human attribute, we um, are often 
using them maybe in an imprecise way. We just sort of use them in a more general way. But I do think the Bible distinguishes between the two. And I think it distinguishes—the the definitions we've used before, and we've talked about this, because especially like when we were going through the Book of Romans and these terms were coming up with regularity, is we start by defining what justice is, and then we understand mercy and grace in relation to justice. And so just very simply and quickly, God's justice, as we've already talked about, is what we deserve, when He gives us what we deserve. Um, and so then by contrast, we think about mercy as not getting what we deserve. It is the withholding yeah. of what we did deserve. Um, and then grace, by contrast to that, is getting what we do not deserve. So if you think about mm-hmm. grace, grace is abundance, right? Uh, mercy is you didn't receive the penalty, Um and then justice mm-hmm. is you do receive a punishment that fits the crime. So that's kind of the way they're yeah. typically related to each other it, so that we can understand them from the way that the Bible typically uses them. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Add something to that? Yeah, I had. Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I had a sense this afternoon when I was thinking through it and I thought, is this right? And so I got up here a little bit early to where I was recording from to check my sources here. And the way Millard Erickson says this is is what I was thinking. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever referenced Millard Erickson on here, but we've referenced a lot of other theology. This volume, Christian Theology, this is the second edition. There's more editions now. Don't sleep on Millard Erickson. He, he's actually like really helpful. He's a contemporary systematic theologian, and I think this is actually pretty good. Uh, so if you're looking for something that's a one volume that's contemporary, I know we're always hitting like Bob Inc. and Burkhoff and Calvin, which is great. You should go back and read those theologies, but this is really good. Okay, so listen to what he says here. Um, God's mercy is his tenderhearted love and compassion for his people. It is his tenderness of heart toward the needy. And then this is the distinction he sees scripture making between grace and mercy. If grace contemplates humans as sinful, guilty, and condemned, mercy sees them as miserable and needy. So the focus for mercy and grace is just a little bit different. Grace is primarily addressing the, what you might say, the vertical dimension of sin, whereas mercy is kind of addressing the horizontal dimension of our need, Mm. of our Mm. limitedness. Certainly you could, I think you could say this. I think you could say this. One of y'all, gut check me if I'm wrong here. I think that if sin was not a human problem, we as creatures would still be recipients of God's mercy because it is an ad- it's an addressing of our limitedness, which is by design and not as a result of sin. Well, I think... Uh, and JT, you're just sitting there saying nothing. So I'm wondering if you have something you're just waiting. I'm wondering to. if he's about to you like guys have left ninja, lots of rooms to ninja jump us in. from behind. Uh, but I, so I think what I hear you talking about is what I would call compassion, um, which I think mm-hmm. I would nuance a little differently than than mercy. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Psalm 51, one, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Um, so I think there's a legal sense, I guess, to put it one way in which we can think about mercy, and then mm-hmm. there is sort of a humanitarian, humanitarian is not the right way to say it, maybe, but like a, uh, so there's a way we think about mercy as it relates to sin, and there's a way we think about mercy mm-hmm. as it relates to just like suffering, general hardship. Mm-hmm. Is that maybe the distinction yeah. that needs to be made there? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because certainly we are needy for mercy in that we cannot um, self-satisfy or self-exist. So it feels like mercy might meet the gaps of just our limitedness, Mm -hmm. right? Like Like part of the extension of God's mercy would be provision, right? Like God's provision is in one act a demonstration of his mercy in that God does not exist in a way that requires anything outside of him to maintain or continue that existence, but we do. Mm-hmm. That's a creaturely need that we have, and God's provision is an addressing, a merciful addressing of that need. But there is also, too, the effects of sin uh, of which God is kind to m- mitigate through mercy or soften through mercy or comfort us in the midst of through mercy, right? I want to hear what JT says. Well, well I, I'm agree- I mean, I don't think there's anything here to like disagree with like strongly. Like I think we're all kind of like dancing around a, a very mm-hmm. similar idea. So two thoughts that are running through my mind as you guys think about this and you read Eric's and Kyle. So like maybe to help the listeners kind of think about this, I had a preacher. This is like one of the first sermons I ever heard as a Christian. He said something about God's actions towards us. And he said, it's, it's kind of like a diamond, you know, that you, you, you know, I, I went shopping for Macy's engagement ring when I was a senior in college and you go see the diamond and you're like, I can't, you, you see it in the drawer and like, I can't see it. Like it's, it's not there. Like it's, it's like, you know, 0.25 carats and it's on like this white backdrop. And then the jeweler pulls it out with a, like some tweezers and puts it on a black backdrop and you realize, Oh, there are a lot of facets to this Mm -hmm. thing, but it's one diamond. There's a lot of ways when you turn the diamond, you can see different parts of its beauty. And we've talked about that on this podcast before. We're like, when we talk about justice, mercy, and grace, we're not talking about three unrelated things. Mm -hmm. We're talking about three interrelated things, Mm -hmm. or maybe a simpler way to say it is like a Venn diagram. It's like, these definitions are meant to overlap like God's justice and God's grace. We, it, it preaches well, and it's partly true. You could say that at the cross, God's justice and God's grace collide. And it, you know, it's like, yeah, that's true. Like that's true period. But it's also like God's justice and grace don't have to collide because they're never unrelated. Like it's not the two arms of God, like coming together. And so I think when I, when I think about what you guys are talking about related to justice, mercy, and grace is we're, in some sense, we're talking about them as dispositions. And in, in another sense, we're talking about them as actions. That's good. So what, what you just said, Kyle, related to mercy is God is dispositionally oriented to his creation before the fall as merciful. God is not never going to be dispositionally oriented to his creatures as merciful. Why? Because he is mercy. But I also think that that is an action. And so I think the question is, is it, or maybe another way to say it is, he's also dispositionally oriented as just, but what is justice? He's also dispositionally oriented as gracious, but what is grace? And so I think the real question is, is are his actions of justice, mercy, and grace distinct? Mm-hmm. Or are we just talking about a disposition that's different? Does that make sense? I think Kyle's muted. <laughs> I am muted. <laughs> Hang on, producer Brad. When we do our our tenth season next season, can we about that in? about best of? It needs to be this because so, Kyle was really engaged. I was like, wow, JT like totally shut him down. He is just dumbfounded. No, I was. 
I was saying something. I think I just said the most profound thing I ever said, but it's been lost to the. Um, okay, the but do you button. agree? Do you agree? So, like, I wonder if even we need to think about a distinction between disposition and action. And now, God's disposition and action are are the same thing. I'm not trying to create a distinction mm-hmm. that doesn't exist in God, but a distinction in terms of how we're thinking and talking about Him. The, yeah. the Bible says that he's dispositionally just, he's dispositionally merciful, and he's dispositionally gracious. Like, that's his mm-hmm. posture towards us. Yeah. But those actions, he is therefore going to enact justice, enact mercy, and enact grace. And I, I want to make sure that if we're saying those things are different, that we're not positioning disposition against action. Right. So I think that's probably a way to s- talk about—oh, I'm cutting you off, Kyle. Did you want to weigh in and I'll hold my thought? No. no, no. Kyle's well, on mute still. When I, <laughs> uh, when I when I give definitions for mercy and grace, uh, mercy is is seen the ones I gave earlier. He, he's withholding from acting, and and grace would be mm-hmm. that he is acting. So so like when Kyle talks about God's mm-hmm. mercy toward creation, I would actually call that common grace. That's how I would describe that. Because any any act of giving, I would categorize as gracious, and any act of sort of withholding what should have happened, I would probably call mercy. Again, referring to them sort of according to legal categories. Right. So is healing then an act of grace or an act of mercy? Oh, do you mean because it's restoring something to its previous state? Yeah, because I think of... Sometimes I think of... I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. and, and I need to think more about that, because that... Initially, that sounds really helpful. I often think about mercy as mending on the collateral effects of sin in the world, but maybe that's not the right way to think about it. Like I think about, uh, it's almost like the way I think about the difference between predestination and election or providence and election. I often think about, okay, you got providence pertaining to the overall governance of the world, election pertaining to the specifics as it pertains to salvation. I almost feel like mercy is a broader, more, uh, it's a word more commonly associated with Again, either mending or providing in the face of limitations, whereas grace to me always seems aimed at forgiveness, at the problem of sin or the problem of wrongdoing. You're talking about mercy in terms of like restoring something to the way that it should have been all along, because I like that idea. Yeah. Because that would not represent yeah. abundance. That would be like, you know, restoring things back to parity. Uh-huh. I could get behind that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, too, about, like, our own practice of mercy. Like, the way that we—because, you know, with these attributes, right, we're talking about them as communicable attributes of God, and and that we're talking about them that way because that is what they are. God is gracious, and we're not saying that any of us are as gracious as God is. That's not what we're saying when we talk about a communicable attribute. We are saying we are to be gracious like God is gracious. You see this all over the gospel accounts. I mean, I think the clearest one is the parable of the unforgiving servant, right? One has been forgiven of everything. Everything, and then you can't turn around and go out and forgive a small debt. Mm -hmm. So with grace, grace to me seems like when we think about someone who's gracious to other people, we think about somebody who is humble, um, who is maybe self-sacrificing, but primarily it seems like one who forgives, right? Is that, would that be, when you think about being gracious as God is gracious, what would that be for us to walk in? Yeah, I think mercy would be like the relieving of a debt, right? So like all of the Old Testament laws about about um, about debts would be related to mercy. And then grace is things like Sabbath principles. 
No, I, I agree with you, Jen. I, th- I think forgiveness is actually more closely related to mercy, reconciliation, for, forgive, uh, forgiveness of debt. Grace, one of, the, one of the definitions that I've heard of grace that has never left me is God doing for us that which we could never do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So mercy is like a debt relief or it's reconciliation or it's a wrongdoing that is no longer considered a wrongdoing. But then as, as Jen points out, there's still justice that needs to be done in grace is God enacting or completing or acting upon his justice in himself in a gracious way that is freely given to us. Yeah. So again, I don't think that, I, I think that action and disposition language isn't necessarily helpful in the long run, but for this conversation to think about mercy as a disposition, he is merciful towards us. Why? Because if he wasn't, we would receive justice, mm-hmm. which would be the just penalty of our wrongdoing. But because mm-hmm. he's merciful, he acts graciously towards us, which is to do what we could never do for ourselves, which is to suffer the penalty of justice, offering us mercy and grace, which is also just because he's giving us what he deserved in his obedience. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we're, yeah. we're talking about these kind of abstractly, like let's, let's pin this down at the place where justice, mercy, and grace meet at the cross. We can say God is just because he suffers the curse of sin by hanging on a tree in our place as the God-man. He's merciful because his disposition towards sinners is that if he did not do it, they would suffer an eternal penalty of sin separated from him. But in grace, he what he does is, is in an, his active obedience, he fulfills the law, and he also offers to us the righteousness that is received by Jesus in his active obedience to the law, mm-hmm. given towards sinners as a substitute so that we might be just, righteous, declared, uh, forgiven. And he gives it to us as grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, Again, that, we're, oh, that of course you guys agree with that sentence, but we're kind of like trying to thread a needle here by saying, so God is just. We 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 could and should have been penalized because God is justice, but because he's dispositionally oriented towards us, he offers mercy. And because he offers mercy in his grace, he both acts justly and acts graciously. What bridge is God calling you to cross that the gospel might go forth among the nations? Women like Lilius Trotter, Harriet Newell, and Sarah Hall Boardman Judson have indeed crossed their own bridges to get to the lost. Discover the stories of 10 inspiring female missionaries who changed the world for Christ. 10 Women Who Changed the World is seminary president Daniel Aiken's powerful tribute to these women who fulfilled the Great Commission. May we all follow in their footsteps. 10 Women Who Changed the World is available wherever books are sold. We live in a possession and money-obsessed culture, but what does the Bible say about generosity? In his new book, A Short Guide to Gospel Generosity, author Nathan Harris shows us that the answer to our obsession with possessions is turning to the gospel, because only in the gospel can we find the type of life transformation that enables us to turn our focus from ourselves and back to others, to give generously, and to follow in the way of Christ. To learn more about the book, visit GuideToGospelGenerosity.com. That's GuideToGospelGenerosity.com.
So how do how how does that shape the way that we practice? Is there a difference in the way that we practice mercy and grace then? That's a good question. Are those are those two different practices for a Christian? So if we're looking to uh, imitate God, follow after Jesus, live a spirit-filled life, whatever we want to say, how do we practice mercy? How do we practice grace? And are those two things the same? Are they different? Are they slightly different? Are they? I mean, it seems clear to me that we're talking about like two notes in a chord. So in some ways it's wrong to treat them as like completely divisible because they're not Mm -hmm. right They're They're, you probably could talk about this as the, you know, love, mercy, and grace, or maybe justice, mercy, and grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, but whatever they are, mercy and grace are intimately related. I think that much is clear, even just as we've exercised this conversation in the short time we have so far. But I'm wondering if the practice of mercy, like even think about how we think about like, in, and this is real insider baseball and Christianese. We, we'll talk about mercy ministries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we talk about mercy ministries, we're often talking about ministries that meet tangible needs most of the time when that language gets used. So we're talking about a, a ministry that might provide food for those who don't, don't have it, clothes for those who don't have it, water for those who don't have it, advocacy for those who can't advocate for themselves. We'll talk about those as mercy ministries. We usually will distinguish those from other ministries like Oh, church planting mm-hmm. or evangelism driven driven ministry endeavors. Well, we just they usually operate in a different category. Uh, so it seems like whether we should or we shouldn't, we are making some sort of distinction that mercy ministry is different than just gospel proclamation, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the relieving of suffering. It's what we were talking about earlier. In fact, I was literally, I was thinking that in my head. But I think too, you know, I I do think that it would be rare that we would only demonstrate mercy and not also demonstrate grace, although there would be times. I mean, I think times where, um, you know, we we extend forgiveness to someone um, and perhaps they never even, or maybe we, we forgive them in our hearts, but we never have an opportunity or it's not appropriate, you know, to, to do so in person. And so that would be an extension of mercy where there might not be grace attached to it. Um, you know, but I don't think that in many cases you would see the two operating separately. In fact, I think in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about uh, combining them when he talks about if someone asks you to go uh, one mile, you know, go the extra mile. Um, if someone, you know, it's the whole give him your your coat if he asks for your tunic. Right. He's giving the idea that, that um, it, it's unbecoming for the believer to simply um, reestablish parity. It's to go above and beyond. It's to demonstrate abundance mm-hmm. to others because we have received abundance. And I think that's where you see that interplay of, of mercy and grace. Um, although there are times yeah. where all we do is give mercy or all we do is give grace. They're so closely, no one, I don't think any of us would argue that they are not so closely related that they are most often seen um, in company with each other. Yeah, no, that's right. I, I agree with that. I, I also think it's important for us to, I don't want to overstate the case here. I'm not known to do that. Uh, is, <laughs> is, is like, it's really important for those of us who have received this, let's call it like a braid of 
God's justice enacted at the cross, mm-hmm. the mercy that we've received by his disposition towards us in Christ, and the grace that we've received that there's been another who did all of the obedient action on our behalf and gave it to us. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we're kind of saying the gospel gets summed up in those three things at the cross, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, that of all people in the world who have a passion to live out justice, mercy, and grace, it should be us. Mm-hmm. I don't want to overstate the case and say there are people who, because I, I know, I so ministering in post-Christian kind of secular Colorado, I have lots of friends who are not Christians. And some of them are super merciful mm-hmm. and gracious. Mm-hmm. In, in ways that are like, I don't understand why you're treating me this way. I sinned against you or you should be frustrated about this or why would you do that? Like uh, that are kind of shocking to me. And I'm sure that there are people listening to this podcast who would say like, yeah, that's my mom or that's my dad or that's my son or daughter. Like they don't, they don't know Jesus. They don't know what true justice, true mercy and true grace are, but yet they, they embody it. And I think that goes back to kind of your point, Jen, there of like the common grace mm-hmm. thing. Like in, in God's common grace, we all are image bearers who are able to embody some of God's activity and his attributes in, in, uh, in, in communicable ways. So how much more so mm-hmm. should those mm-hmm. of us who've actually received it be embodiments yeah. of justice, mercy, and grace of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, sure. we could split hairs. And, and it right, rightfully so on this podcast, like, well, what's mercy and what's justice? It's like, if you're asking that question, good, now go live it. Mm-hmm. Like, go go live mercy. Mm-hmm. Go walk with justice. Mm-hmm. Go offer grace yeah. to the person. And, and as I think Jen just helpfully pointed Jesus' words, go the extra mile, give the tunic, turn the other cheek. That the church of all people in this time shouldn't be the people who are kind of living in this culture of victimization, but rather living in a culture of of grace and mercy and justice going above and beyond a post-Christian secular neighbor who doesn't understand the true meaning of mm-hmm. those things and who's trying to walk in them. Yeah. Well, and and the communicable attributes, um, even more clearly than the incommunicable, are are relational, right? They we understand them to be true of God because we have had personal experience of them. Like we we and so we then do to others, this has been done to us. You know, we we act uh, according to others the way that we have received that attribute from from God. And so I think then you think about the relational element and you can see how um, in a in a point in in culture where everything is rugged individualism, how how um, the the liability for believers is more mm. likely to be um, forgetting to look outside of ourselves and ask, to yeah. whom might I show mercy? To whom might I show grace? And to rather just sit and say, well, I've received mercy and grace, praise the Lord, right? Um, but the only right. reason that we receive mercy and grace is, uh, or or one, I shouldn't say the only reason, but a primary purpose is that we would love our neighbor as we love ourselves, as we have been loved in the Lord. And so um, right. I do think it's it's important for us to ask, what's what's my default setting? Do I spend all of my time saying, give us this day my daily bread and forgive me my debts? Or do I remember that it's, you know, forgive others of their debts as I have been forgiven? Um, bring daily bread to those who don't have it, even as I have received more than I need. And um, and then you begin to think, oh, I'm, I'm now looking outward instead of just um, having God's good gifts terminate on me. Yeah, that's good. I'm sure we'll have a chance at the end of the season to kind of address this, Kyle. And if not, 
now's my chance. <laughs> so I'm going for it. I've got the mic. Uh, you know, I think one of the things I've learned in this season, guys, is it's so easy for us who are maybe dispositionally oriented towards one communicable attribute over another. And I'm not saying the incommunicable ones. I think we made a good distinction. Like we grasp for the incommunicable while we neglect the communicable. Uh, that's true. But then there are even those communicable attributes that some of us can gravitate towards, like God is true. So therefore, I'm just going to give you truth. And if I'm giving you truth, therefore, I'm being loving, right? Like people were like, oh, you can't be loving if you're not giving truth. Like you, and I understand what we mean by that. But like, I think what I'm learning in this season, again, I've, I've learned this before, but simply even in my own personal life in this season, is we don't get to pick attributes, mm-hmm. even the communicable ones. Mm-hmm. We don't get to pick any of them. We're image bearers made to represent all of them, mm-hmm. whether they're mercy, grace, justice, uh, and we could go down the list. Mm-hmm. And I think even here, like we're not picking between mercy and grace. Yeah. We're saying, yes, yes, this this is who we're supposed to be. Yes, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be just. You're supposed to be merciful. Mm-hmm. supposed to be loving. supposed to be holy. supposed to be kind. Yeah. Uh, supposed to be uh, trustworthy. And I think uh, we're, we're living in a day. I say we're living in a day. We're not living in a unique day. We've always been living in a day where humans have tried to justify whether they are are kind of gravitating towards incommunicable attributes or communicable ones. But if they're just gravitating towards communicable ones, they kind of want to pick and choose as a buffet. Mm-hmm. And I think when we kind of are saying, this is a Venn diagram, justice, mercy, grace, and we're saying yes to all of mm-hmm. them, that's who Jesus is. That's exactly the image that we're trying to represent empowered by the Holy Spirit. He did, did it again. He did it again. This is amazing. I'm coughing over here. Kyle, you are a pro. You are you know a what? pro. I'm doing this everybody for the, has an off game. I'm doing game. this for the laugh. I'm doing this for the laugh. Everybody all, has all, an off game. And it's Kyle yeah, just it's said it's like two now. sentences. Uh, Kyle mutes his mic twice. Yeah. Yes and amen to what JT said. And I was over here Are you thinking, on mute too? Are, are you muting us while we're talking? Is Kyle being muted mercy or grace or justice? Well, <laughs> I think it's justice. I think it's justice for sure. Um, <laughs> or I, karma. I, was, I don't be, even believe I'll in be, that stuff. But I'll be candid with you and we'll, we'll, we'll close out this, the episode this way. JT has said the poignant thing. I'll say the silly thing. I was, I don't, have I ever told you the story about, no, I, I don't think I have. So uh, I did youth ministry for a few years after college. I call them my wilderness wanderings. And uh, Kyle, I need to pause you here. Just caveat because you deserve this. What do no, you call do youth not ministry? Say, do not no, say, don't you say, have to do no, it. You no, have to do it. it. I'm going to say I, it. I'm not going to say, say it or you're going to say not either. This we, is, that is going to get no, me in trouble. No. This is your punishment. No, don't say that. No, I'm not saying that. Please. Thank you, Jim. Okay, another time. Uh, season 10. But uh, so I, I did youth ministry for a few If you guys all start, start trolling Kyle on uh, social media, we'll find a way to make this no, happen. JT, you guys make, it, make it happen. Please Somebody mute JT. do that. Right. I wish I actually can now, but so I, uh, I did youth ministry for a few years and, um, uh, I was in like a group of youth ministers that would meet up and brainstorm ideas about student ministry. And this guy who had been in the game for like 15 years at the time was like, listen, boys, let me tell you something. Uh, don't make the mistake I made. And he starts telling this story about how he's preaching about, uh, from the Micah passage, you know, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. And he's like, so he wanted to illustrate mercy. So, you know, the game that, that guys will play. I don't know. Maybe girls play it too, where they'll grab each other's hands. Have you ever played mercy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you've yeah. done this, right? Yeah. 
Okay, I've never you've done this. Or uncle, yeah. You're yeah. out there just mm-hmm. yes, crushing yeah. your kids' mm-hmm. hands. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this so this guy says, Okay, you know, this one time it was a Wednesday night. I was looking to really amp it up. And so uh, I invited one of the local high school football studs to come up on the stage and I was gonna demonstrate mercy, but I was gonna do it doing the game mercy. So I grab this guy's hands and you know, I'm like, All right, we're gonna play mercy right here. Uh, and when one of us shouts out mercy, the other one has to let go. And he said, This guy, this giant offensive lineman grabbed his hands and immediately turned and <laughs> broke both his wrists. <laughs> broke both his wrists immediately. Immediately. And he just said, and we were just laughing. We were like, what did you do? He said, I finished my sermon that night. So he preached with broken wrists. He's like holding he said his he was arms so embarrassed. Like and he's holding his hands like this and his wrists are just Swelling. limp. <laughs> Hey, so I'm not going to make brother. I'm not going to make you say it, Kyle. But what you did say is validated by that story. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, that'll be a quote for a different time, different episode. Uh, mercy and oh, grace. God is merciful and gracious, but high school offensive linemen oh, maybe no, not so not much. So much. Uh, you you can find Air Knowing just, Faith though. on Instagram. <laughs> just yes. <laughs> You can find Knowing Faith on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Leave us a review. Uh, our sister podcasts have wrapped up their seasons. If you missed out on them, you should go back and listen to the episodes. There were some great episodes over at the Family Discipleship Podcast with Adam Griffin, Chelsea Griffin, and Cassie Bryant, or the brand new show, Confronting Christianity, co-hosted by me and Rebecca McLaughlin. We had a great time this season. We have two new podcasts launching in 2023, and we will tell you about them in the episodes ahead. In our next episode, we'll be chatting about faithfulness and patience. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Grace and peace.